and welcome to another episode of the Psychology of Womanhood. You know who I am. I am your host, Shannon Ican Lady Battle, and I thank you for taking this time with me on this day. This is a place where we as women, we figure out this journey called life without pulling out our hair or letting our hair fall off from the stress, giving up too soon, and knowing how to fight through. And this is a place where we can be transparent. So I wanted to just go ahead and dive right in because we as women, if we have children, we know that they test every nerve in our body. I mean, they have, I've realized that I had nerves that I didn't know I had. And it's funny, you know, (laughs) I parented and still are parenting kids. It doesn't matter how grown they get because they're always gonna call mom, right? And I have been parenting five kids for the past 26 years, and it never stops. We look forward to the kids leaving the house and seeing what this empty nest is going to look like, only to come back to the nest and somebody is back. (laughs) And it's like, how did you get here? Um, But I love it. I love being a parent. But I love, more importantly being an effective parent and knowing that my kids are loved. When I established my home and as a teenage mom, it's tough. You, you, you recognize that you have got to be smart really fast, no matter how dumb you want to be, because it's like, look, I'm still a kid myself. But you recognize that there is a life that's depending on you to make adult decisions to get it right. But what happens when the cuteness and all of the the frill and the excitement of motherhood, it begins to look kind of different as they hit teenage years. So my topic today, what I just want to be able to help our parents with and help myself is parenting defiant teenage girls. We know that being a girl we always say that, oh, we want a girl. I prayed for a girl first and I got a girl first. But I should have been more specific when I prayed and made sure that I was, you know, asking God to make sure that he completely adjusted the attitude scale and made sure that it was just always sweet and compliant. And how do you know how do we know that that doesn't happen in the real world? And when you're parenting kids and these girls, right, it has you look at yourself and you start questioning, was I ever like that? And then I start emphasizing the more that I think about it that I was really a good child. I don't remember acting like this. I don't remember giving my mother trouble like this or giving back talk on this level. I was like, no, I was a really good kid because I start comparing myself to other kids who I know that were really, really bad. And I'm like, oh, I was good. But that does not mean that my attitude scale didn't go uh, a little bit high on that on that line. So I was like, okay, how are we gonna figure it out? How are we gonna figure this out? I know I learned from the first girl. My first girl was the oldest. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just do this with the second one. Well, how do you know how many of us know that that don't work? Because they're different. And I'll be looking at these kids like, didn't y'all come from the same parents? Didn't we all raise you in the same house? It does not matter. Single parents, foster parents, whoever parents you are, auntie taking care of, you know, your your sister's kids and grandma's taking care of your your daughter's kids 
it don't matter how you parented one because you're going to have to figure out a way to parent these other kids. And girls are just a different breed from boys. I have both. So my heart goes out to the women that have a house full of nothing but girls because you have no balance. (laughs) You have no way to escape. (laughs) So you can escape by listening right now this moment. So just take a deep breath. And then just let it out and just woosah and breathe, honey. And and let me just let you know and clap your hands that you are not alone. So, no, we um, often have to get faced with helping them how to navigate through tough situations. You have to learn how to not think for them, but think with them and alongside them. And that gets tough because we're always trying to get in a position to where we can try to get in front of a problem because we want to prevent something bad from happening. That's all we do as parents is always trying to set them up for the best possible outcome. But in our efforts to do that, we get it wrong. We interfere and we get ourselves sideswiped by their pushback by their defiance towards our efforts. I mean, heck, we are really trying very hard and we are putting filters on stuff. And sometimes the filter, it it just tears up and it stops being filtered and it's just very unfiltered. But you got to know that we love you and we care. And you just don't appreciate the value of how much we love you because you keep doing the opposite of what we're telling you. And we keep going and doing this dance, you know, it's like a, it's like on Dancing with the Stars when you see them always going back and forth with different types of Charleston struts and different types of dances that we're doing. It's like we're always doing that, but it's like everyone wants to be the leader and we can't always have that. You want to be able to allow your kids to be able to have a certain level of independence because they are coming into their own and the time that they have with you, it really does go very fast. And I know we're trying to hurry up to make sure that they get all that what they need, but also that they avoid just extreme consequences. But in our efforts to do that, it, I mean, it, it fails. It just doesn't work because at when you look at just how everything just falls, kids are going to do what they want to. It doesn't matter if they know that, okay, if you smoke this joint, you are going to be in a high state of mind, which could put you in uh, a compromising situation. They don't see the compromising situation. What they see is, well, no, if I smoke this weed, I'm going to be the, the, the laughter of the party. I'm going to be the chillest one in the group. I'm going to fit in with the rest of the people. They don't see any long-term consequences because they can't perceive that. They see themselves as being, you know, these heroic figures that just have multiple, multiple lives and they're, they'll be the ones not to get caught. And we have to understand that, yeah, in their ignorance, that there has to be lessons that are learned. And we really need to be thankful as parents that they are learning those lessons while they're in our home. Think about parents who still have kids who are now adults and they're still dealing with not being able to utilize the right type of social skills to make the right type of decisions in their adult lives. And yet they have no responsibility 
to them to help change or or interject and 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 offer the assistance that they need because they're adults everything you need to do with your kids don't wait till it's too late and you know a lot of us we we wait too late to resolve things that should have been handled at a younger age because when we look at how problems persist they just become what we call clinically pervasive over time it's getting worse it's not getting any better and you want to be able to help use mistakes as teachable moments but instead when a child has a mistake we make it a teachable moment but not where it produces lasting effect or change where it makes their brain signal to say uh-oh i better look at this differently and do this differently because we either don't lean in enough or we just pull back completely because we just don't feel like we know what to do i was at a a convention not too long ago and just listening to women talk and sharing their heart it gets very lonely as a parent especially when you have a kid that seems to be doing stuff that other kids aren't doing and you really don't want to share that with certain type of people because then they start looking at you like dad what you doing as a parent you know they start putting on that judgment cap and they ask questions that make it feel like it's mommy shaming like i'm not doing a great job or i should be doing more of something when i'm really doing the best that i can So when you're parenting a kid with an attitude, a teenage girl with an attitude, you have to not allow the attitude to interfere with your ability to unpack that situation so you can repack it and give them the tools that they need so they can make better decisions going forward. So I want you to create another vision in your mind when you're facing a situation where your teenager has become defiant, meaning they're just doing something outside of the opposite of what should be done and you are trying to reason with them you are trying to help them see themselves in that situation because remember when kids are in that situation they're blaming everyone else they're pointing the finger at everybody else they're even pointing the finger at you well when you were a kid you did the same thing don't smack them please please don't smack them because everything in you starts, you know, metamorphosing. You feel like uh, the little girl on Poltergeist and your head gets to turning back like, what? What did she say? And it's like, how are you checking me? Kids are always trying to check their parents, right? And let me tell you, with my oldest, it don't get no better because she thinks she's my mama. I'm like, uh, I ain't there yet, baby. I'm still your mama. I ain't your best friend. <laughs> you don't check me. <laughs> But when you're dealing with yours, your your teenagers and early, you know, teenagers, that's really the that's that's really a tough spot there because they're not the little kids anymore. They don't want to dress the way they don't want to wear the stuff that you bought. Imagine going into their closet and they're telling you that they have nothing to wear. and You see nothing but clothes with tags on it because the stuff you bought was ugly. Yeah, it was ugly. Yep. I spent all of that money. So if I buy you a hundred dollars worth of clothes and I'm making $15 an hour, that means that you have approximately 6.11111 hours of my day sitting in your closet and no appreciation for the grind that I had to put to put them clothes up in there. You don't want to wear them? Oh, you're going to wear them clothes today. No, they're still not going to wear them because they'll go to school, take it off and put something else on. Uh, but nevertheless, 
there are just some steps that I want us to be able to try to just, you know, pound in together because you got to have a different visual. The attitude is going to be there. And sometimes, you know, girls got really stank attitudes, especially when they don't want to be wrong and they don't want to be told what to do. And this is just teenage girls across the board. So moms, take a deep breath again. Because it's not just you. It's 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 most of America's and the world's little girls. So there are just a couple of steps. Remember, focus on unpacking so you can repack. When they do when they're in a situation and say it's a situation with a teacher, you know, it's always the teacher's fault. The adult knows nothing and the kid does no wrong. But you want to be able to talk about what you observe. So when they come into the house, first thing hey how you doing give them time to go ahead and get themselves together because they already know that you about to get in a tell if you already got a phone call or email from the teacher and they know about it or they think that maybe you don't know so they're just trying to make sure that they ain't got to address the situation because they want to keep their cell phone because you're going to take it away but you have to be able to make some time to give them time to get themselves together so they can get acclimated back to the home environment. They can shut some things down, relax, hopefully. And then that way it makes it more of an inviting scenario when you talk to them about it. So talk about what you observe. Be like, hey, you know, you look like you had a good day today. And we know that they lie. And if they say they do, because you already got that email from the teacher, but you say what you observe. Hey, you know, you look like you're having a good, t- good day today. And that opens the door for you to do the next thing to ask engaging questions so engaging questions would be something like what was the highlight of your day today oh it's pretty good no you know what was that thing that stood out that made it really good because you seem like you're really in a good mood well no I just got to hang around with my girlfriend and we did TikTok videos you know while we're in lunch and da 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 and then you can say oh what was the best part of the day and then you know then they'll talk about you know whatever the best part was and if they're still not sharing and you don't want to set them up to lie about a situation. So you got to make sure that you're very specific. Remember, we're talking about what we observe, direct things that we heard. And then you can ask, you know, well, at any point of the day, did it go left? You know, did some things happen that, you know, you really wish didn't happen during your day? If they say, no, everything's good, I'm good then that's when you just have to go ahead and be like, okay, we're going to stop playing these games. Engaging questions aren't being as effective because they're lying to me in my face. And that's going to do nothing but piss you off even more. So then you just got to go ahead and confront it. Look, your teacher emailed me and said that, you know, you had some uh, issues in her class and she, and you were giving her a lot of lip and she'll be like, my teacher, I did not. And then you'd be like, okay, talk about it. You tell me your side. I know the teacher's side, but I need to hear your side so I can understand. And that's what you want the kids to make it seem as though, you know, because they'll be like, you're always, like for me, my kids will tell me, I don't want a therapist right now. I just want a mom. Like, what the heck? You got a mom that's a therapist. How the heck do I be anything different? I'll ask them that question all the time. Well, you tell me how I do this differently. Oh, you don't know? Okay, then. Well, stop judging me and I won't judge you. Let's figure this out. So you start, you know, getting straight to the point, asking the question. And then you want to indirectly assess so that they can admit responsibility. And let think of it in terms as 
how do I not get into this back and forth of who's to blame? Think about when you're in an argument with someone you love, your your spouse, your partner, and you're telling them, you know, everybody's going back to be right. You know, we're in conflict so we can work this out and we can be hurt, but nobody wants to be wrong. And that's what's going to happen with your kids. So you got to figure out, okay, how do I, you know, make sure that I structure this so nobody is just looking at, okay, well, I'm talking to you because I know the teacher is right and then I've cashed you alone on the island and it's just you to fend for yourself. No, I'm really trying to join in this to understand it because I was not there and let's see where things went wrong. So you want to be able to help them with that and you want to ask about roles. So when they're telling you about what happened, be like, well, the next question could be, you know, well, what was the teacher's responsibility? Then they're going to tell you. Teachers are supposed to listen. They're supposed to care. They're not supposed to bully their students. They're supposed to make you feel good. And, they, you know, they're not supposed to, they're going to say everything what they're not supposed to do. When they're doing that, now you have to get them to start thinking. And this, even though I'm explaining, it seems long, but it's a really quick process. When you get the skill together, it works very effectively for me. Even with kids that don't like to talk and kids who lie a lot in my sessions, it, it really does help because then once they get to talking and they get to thinking it through, then they begin to recognize that the truth is in there somewhere and they do know how to assess a situation, but they can't, you know, put the emotional guard down enough to enter into what we call a wise mind. So my feelings are going to determine everything of how I behave, which is causing me to have this puffed up attitude. And, you know, you just want to smack them, right, sometimes. But you don't want to do that because then you don't want, you know, DSS and stuff knocking on your door and then asking questions. And you got to worry about, like, hey, this is going to be reported against me. And you don't want to put no hands. So you just want to be able to talk. So we're going to talk this thing through. We're going to use our words here. So remember, initially, you just want to talk about what you observe, whether it's good attitude or whether it's a bad attitude. If it's a bad attitude and they came in, you look like you're really stressed today. You're not smiling. What's going on with you? That's how you can, you know, begin a conversation because it's what you observe. So then that way they know that you're not, you know, judging. Because as soon as you talk to someone and it seems as though you're judging them, you it, you put that barrier in between that conversation and it's not going to be very productive and it's going to be hard to be able to get back into that conversation so it can be engaging for both parties. And then you want to make sure that you do the next thing, which is ask the engaging questions. And then you want to indirectly make assessments to help them um, assume what the responsibilities are to the parties who were involved. And then so when they're, you're looking at the responsibility for the adult, you're going to also ask them, okay, well, what was your responsibility? What was your role? You know, as a student, what are you expected to do? You know, they give us that sheet when the kids go into um, their syllabus and the school expect expectations, class classroom rules and things like that. They really don't look at what they're responsible in doing because they just want to do what they want to. Remember, they're selfish. They don't care. They just want to be right. So, you know, just ask those questions. And then you want to know how, and you want to ask them, how important is this for you to get it right? You know, what are the effects of what just happened with between you and your teacher? Is it going to impact your grades? Is it going to impact your involvement in extra activities like sports, clubs? Is this going to cause you to have to get suspended, uh, detention or anything like that? So if it could lead to something worse, then you really want to get them centered back on how important it is to get it right. And then you let them suggest the alternatives. If you had a do-over, 
what would you do? How would you do this better? Because we need to know how to prepare for a potential crisis. We messed up in that one situation, right? We got it wrong. But it doesn't mean that just because we got it wrong this go round that it's not gonna come at us again. So we're always preparing for another level of battle. This that's just our journey of life. That's what we're trying to figure out as women, right? How do we, you know, it seems like everything keeps coming at us all the time, but when do we take a breath? When do we get to breathe? We gotta prepare our girls and let our girls know you're always gonna be, you know, a target of something somewhere at some angle from some somewhere. If it's not in a classroom, it's going to be with your peers. It's going to be in getting a job. It's going to be in competing for scholarships. It's always going to be something. So this is your, this is your next level preparation in this situation. And so remember, you're always helping them to unpack so you can repack. I just want to thank you for listening today. I thank you for you all who have been rocking with me. I hope this has been very helpful. And if it has, let me know, go to my website, www.shannonbattle.com and send me some messages and give me some ideas of what you would like to see more of in this conversations that we have so that we can get this right together because no woman needs to be feeling like she's alone and that no one out there can understand what she's going through because we all got something that we're going through until we talk again next time you all continue to be strong remember to smile elevate your mind and make sure that you drive your thoughts that help you have forward momentum have a great day